It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Monday, November 27th. I'm Aaron Fulton with Raven News. Searchers on Saturday evening recovered the body of a fourth person who died in a landslide in Wrangell a week ago. The body of 11-year-old Kara Heller was found in landslide debris about 6.30 p.m. with the assistance of a scent detection canine team. Two people remain unaccounted for in the event. 12-year-old Derek Heller and 65-year-old Otto Florschutz. Florschutz's wife, Christina, survived the slide and is recovering in the Wrangell Hospital. The bodies of the Heller family parents, 44-year-old Timothy Heller and 36-year-old Beth Heller, were recovered last Tuesday. The body of a sister, 16-year-old Mara Heller, was recovered the night at the slide. Workers with the State Department of Transportation started to clear the landslide debris 11 miles south of town on Thursday. The slide, which is about 450 feet wide, came down across Zamovia Highway before it reached the water. It left approximately 75 homes south of Wrangell without power, phone, or internet. DOT spokesperson Shannon McCarthy says crews are removing debris from both sides of the slide. We're working to restore the roadway that will allow people on the south side to get power again um, and then also allow them to have emergency access. Over the past week, there has been an intensive search of the slide by air with drones, helicopters and planes, and from the ground and water with dogs and sonar. State officials announced last Thursday that teams have searched every place they can without the use of heavy machinery. The response strategy is now moving from an active search to a reactive one. We have to move pretty deliberately because um, it is still a search and rescue situation. We have a a search dog team with their handler standing by so that we can stop should we, um, you know, need to resume rescue activities. McCarthy says the state is collaborating with local contractors to remove mud and downed trees from the roadway with heavy equipment. She says it's a matter of days, not weeks, before they get a single lane of access across. And if they find evidence that anyone missing is in a specific area, an active search may be restarted. The lone survivor of last week's tragedy in Wrangell credits her survival to being on the second floor of her home when a landslide swept across the Zamovia Highway. 63-year-old Christina Florschutz remains in the hospital in Wrangell after walking away from the ruins of her house. Her husband and another child, also caught in the slide, have yet to be found. KSTK's Colette Zarnicki recently spoke with Florschutz and learned what happened that terrible night. I had gone upstairs, which is important to the story to take a shower, because I like the, the shower up there. And I had just gotten out of the shower, and I was still just in my undies. And I heard this horrible noise, a very loud noise, and I recognized it. I've heard tornadoes, and I've heard a mudslide before. I knew what was happening, but I didn't have any warning. I heard a noise, and suddenly I'm like a piece of weightless popcorn being tossed around all over the place and slamming into things and, and everything. And then I don't remember anymore for a while. Apparently I was out for a little while. And I could look and my heart was just pounding. Man. And I was, it, I had so much adrenaline, but I looked and I could see some tree limbs. I was underneath this shelf edge that I find I figured out oh, by feeling that it was part of the styrofoam roof of the house and 
And that's why the upstairs is important because I was way up high. And the it was canted at an angle. And then there was a bunch of debris piled right here. But there was just enough room for me underneath there. I was getting rained on and it was very windy and I kept telling myself, you can breathe. You're not, you saw the tree, you're not buried. You must be near the top of the pile, wherever it is. And I did, had no idea it was that big of a slide at that point. I touched a plastic bag and I instantly knew what it was because I had a large plastic bag up there in my sewing room, which was upstairs. And it was full of polar fleece yardage. Right then and there, I knew I was gonna live. I was gonna live, I was meant to live. God put that there for me so that I wouldn't die from hypothermia. So I squirmed back underneath there and, and I un untied the bag and pulled the polar fleece kind of up over me and then pulled the bag over me to try and shield me from some of the rain anyway. And, uh, proceeded to wait until morning. Um, it wasn't pleasant. It wasn't fun. I got terribly cold and I had awful leg cramps. I was screaming with the leg cramps at times. Um, and during the night, it was still really dark. I heard a very strange thump, 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 thump. And I thought, what is that? And at first I thought it was somebody poking through the wreckage with a pole or something. And, and I'm hollering out, hey, I'm over here, you know. And thump, 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 thump. And then I realized, oh, it's one of my dogs sitting up there wagging its tail. So I talked to the dog during the night and told it to bark when somebody came so that I, if I was kind of half out of it, I'd be able to holler. And I haven't, haven't seen her. She wasn't there in the morning when I, uh, when it got light. And I squirmed out of there. I was shaking really hard. So I, my feet, right at that corner of the house, was this bag, and this is part of the story. It's full of women's extra large and large jammy bottoms I buy at the thrift stores, <laughs> and I, they're really good quality polar fleece. I shouldn't be telling my secrets. I had a bag just full of pajama bottoms, and so I, I put this pair on my head. And I just pulled it over my head and then wrapped the legs around my neck and knotted it on. And then I put my arms in another pair and I pulled on another pair. And then there were some scraps in the bag that are laying around that I could just wrap around my feet to protect them. And I, and I took the bag with the rest of the, the uh, jammy bottoms with me because I knew once I got past that mud flat, I was going to be all muddy and horrid. And I would want to get some some warm, dry clothing on. So I had that with me, and uh, I just decided to start going. As I couldn't go very fast, but I decided to just keep going. And I was about halfway across the debris field 
I, I found a piece of siding from off the house. And when it was a really soft spot, I'd throw that out there and kind of step across it till I could get to a piece of debris that was more solid. And then I'd grab it and go to the next one. And I have no idea how long it took, but I was so cold. Because then I'm out in the wind and the rain and everything. And I am so cold. And, uh, and I get about halfway across that field and I can see where the trees are standing up and there's a great big log jam there, so it's an edge. And I see hats coming through the trees, baseball caps. And I thought, people, <laughs> boy, am I glad to see you. And they heard me yell and, and they came and got me. And they were, they, it was not easy to get me across the rest of that field. It took about six or seven of them. They put me in a sled and dragged me across that field. And they worked so hard to get me over there because they were dragging that sled. And they didn't have the plywood and they're heavier and they're sinking and stuff. And, and, uh, and then they got me to a place where I could walk a little ways and then put me in this toasty warm truck. That's how I lived. That's Christina Florschutz, a Wrangell resident who survived a landslide on November 20th. She says that thinking about the third graders she works with as a teacher's aide helped her survive the tragedy. Their last surviving prisoner of war from Attu has died. Gregory Goloduff was a young child during World War II. In 1942, the Japanese Imperial Army invaded his village in the western Aleutians and captured a group of Unanga people. Goladov was one of them. More than 40 Unanga people were taken to Japan as prisoners of war and held there until after the war. About half of them survived, but none of them were able to return home. Atu Village was abandoned after the war because the United States deemed it too costly to rebuild. Instead, most of the returning Atuans settled in Atka, about 500 miles east. Goloduff spent most of his life in Atka. He was the tribal president in the 1980s when Atka saw significant growth, including the building of a large subdivision and a new school. Goloduff was living in Anchorage with his wife when he passed away last Friday. He was 84 years old. Taking a look at the community calendar. The deadline to register for Sitka Sustainability Commission's Community Energy Education event is Thursday, November 30th. Reservations can be made at cityofsitka.com slash sustainability commission. The Sitka Assembly approved one-time utility relief subsidies of $300 per account will be applied to accounts by billing cycle beginning with bills issued the last week of November and continuing through the third week of December. Those who have not received a subsidy by the last week of December and believe they should have can call 907-747-1818. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.